my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. Today, I am joined by my guest, Ricklin Woods. Been trying, how long have we been trying to get together, Ricklin, to do this? It's been, you know what? It, it's been a couple months or more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this it's finally happening. We're finally doing this together. And, and, and it's so, so funny because Ricklin and I met last year. I think mm-hmm. it was last year. Um, just following each other on LinkedIn, loving what, what we're all the gems that we were both sharing and just supporting each other on LinkedIn. We got the opportunity to meet on a Zoom call um, sometime last year. It almost feels like forever. And since then, Ricklin has just gone on to do, continue to do some amazing things. And I, I wanted to have her on as a guest because again, we're always sharing stories, sharing our stories as HR professionals, who we are, what we do. So let's get let's get this started, Ricklin. Tell the people okay. who is Ricklin Woods. Who are you, and what is your HR origin story? How did you get here? Oh wow! Well, when you say who am I, I've been trying to do a little bit better of disconnecting who I am from what I do because mm-hmm. I think we fall into a, a habit of when someone asks us who we are, it's like, well, I do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to learn how to really uh, you know, embrace who I am separate from what I do. Yeah. Well, who I am is um, you know, a, a lifelong learner. Like mm-hmm. when I look back over my life as a little girl, I've always loved to read. I've always been curious. I've always wanted to know how things are um, made. I used to take things apart, put it back together again. And I'm realizing now at this point in my life and career, that that's still who I am to this day, just Mm -hmm. a curious learner. And so um, I didn't have a traditional um, HR origin story. I was a high school dropout, um, had my oldest son when I was 17 years old and when I should have been um, finishing up my last year of high school. Um, So I kind of went on a different path. I did complete my GED. And then from there, it was like, get to work. (laughs) There there wasn't, I didn't have time to to really come up with a plan for, for college and, you know, what I really wanted to do with my career. So I just got to work and through working some odd jobs and customer service and in banking, Um, what I realized was that I wanted to get into HR and be able to help other people find jobs. Mm. Uh, I had an experience where I was interviewing for a position and the woman who was interviewing me was a black woman who wasn't much older than me. And I remember thinking that if she can do it, 
I can do it too. Mm -hmm. Didn't know how I was going to make that happen. Um, but that was something that I had kind of deep down inside that I, that I wanted to do. And so um, I was hired at that company. She became kind of my informal mentor. And um, within a year of working there, she was promoted, suggested I apply for her position as a recruiting coordinator. I did. I got it. And as I say, the rest is history. From there, I um, moved into an HR administrator role, HR generalist, worked my way up HR manager. Um, I still didn't have a college degree, but I was able to make some moves without it. I did go on to pursue HR certifications, um, got my degree in 2015, my bachelor's degree, and then went on and got a master's in industrial organizational psychology right after that. And I spent 15 years, what I like to call an eventful HR career. I had some highs, some lows, um, got to travel the country, travel out of the country as a result of my HR career. Mm -hmm. And then in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, I decided to pivot. And now I kind of call myself a bit of an HR renaissance woman. I do a few different things. Um, I am a career coach. I specialize in working with HR professionals, with their working with them with their resume, helping them identify the right opportunity that really aligns with their values, their gifts. Um, I actually host a podcast. So you want to work in HR, the podcast. Um, I also do some coaching for individuals who are looking to become HR certified. And I am just all about inspiring people to reach their full potential. And especially for HR professionals, where we sometimes tend to focus so much on supporting other people that we don't focus on ourselves and our own growth and development. So mm -hmm. long answer to your short question. That's who I am and what I do. I love it. I love it all. Thank you so much, Ricklin, for sharing that. You know, I think that there are so many nuggets that came out of what you just shared. Um, I think your story is one of, of, of firsts for me on this show in terms of how you started your career and got into HR and those kind of things. And I, I want to ask you from the perspective of like just how life and work life began for you, um, what advice you have for, for young people, young females um, in the similar situation in terms of, you know, may have started having your, started your family early, um, but what advice would you have for them if they're feeling demotivated about where to start from here? Where do we go from here after this has happened? That is a, a great question. And, you know, one of the things that I heard from well-meaning family members, um, when I did um, start my family early was like, your life is over. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you forget about whatever dreams that you had, because now um, that's not possible. And so what I've learned in hindsight is that that's not true. Yeah. While you will have some challenges. Um, I didn't have a very strong support system and did not surround myself with people who had achieved what I hoped to achieve. So what mm -hmm. I would advise someone who may be feeling like, you know, life's choices has, um, you know, limited their possibilities and opportunities is to really try to find mentorship, um, find people who are where you would like to see yourself yeah. so that you can see what's possible and get some guidance on how to overcome it. Yes, you'll have to, you know, create your village of people who can support you, especially if you are, you know, have a family to support. But I feel like in hindsight, I kind of gave up on myself mm -hmm. to a degree 
mm-hmm. because I didn't see what was possible. And I think now we're at a time, you know, with our social media and LinkedIn and other resources, yeah. there's no shortage of mentorship out there. You just got to reach out and ask. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and our, our HR community is strong and it's very it much alive and very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, who would you say are some of the people who've really helped you along the way in your career? Like if you have, this is your opportunity to thank them. Who would you want to thank? Oh, wow. Well, first and foremost, and I do thank her as often as I possibly remember to is the person who helped me get into HR. Her name is Crystal Sansbury. Um, she is, um, and actually I think she's gotten married. Her, her last name may be different now, but she is on, on LinkedIn as well. But without her, I would have never seen this as possible. So I certainly, um, you know, would like to thank her for that. Um, Dr. Tana Session is another one. I don't know oh, if you call her. I love Dr. Tana Session. But I, when I see her, I see me and yeah. I see, again, what's possible. So even now, mm-hmm. after spending 15 years in HR and starting my own business, I still need to see people mm-hmm. who are who are where I aspire to be to mm-hmm. kind of keep me going. So those are a couple, but I've met some amazing people on LinkedIn, whether it's Tracy Spottenberg, yes. um, Angelica Potlon, yes. um, uh, Tiffany Castagno. Yeah, yes. like I've, I don't, the list could really go on. LinkedIn mm-hmm. is amazing. Like I feel like that is, I mean, that is my social network that I'm on yeah. more than any other, but I've met some really great people. And I remember hearing somebody on Clubhouse say once that um, you can't make genuine um, connections on LinkedIn. And I thought that is so not true because I feel like everybody that I've really connected with you and others, like if we were to get together, um, you know, once this coronavirus, you know, create mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. for us to get together, we would all have a blast and it would Absolutely. be super genuine. <laughs> you know, I keep saying this every time I go on the HR Rebels call, I always say to Tracy, when this is all simmered to the point where everyone feels comfortable with traveling, we are going to have a Rebels retreat in Barbados. Oh, I love it. Sign me I know up. Every- <laughs> yep. I think everybody is up for it. So I'm putting it back out there into the universe for all of you HR Rebels. There will be an HR Rebels retreat in Barbados at some point in time. Tracy Sponenberg, you are in the hot seat. I love it. I got my passport ready. Let's go. Absolutely. (laughs) I also want to pick out another thing that you shared in in your introduction of who you are and what you do. And that's the power of the pivot. I think a lot of times that as HR professionals, we get stuck in this belief that the only thing we could possibly do is support companies as HR professionals. Um, but you and I both know because we both we were both on similar journeys of supporting the people who support the people. Well, I love how you say that. <laughs> that's that's my that's my catchphrase. I support uh-huh. people who support the people, and I I think that this is something that's really important. What made you decide to focus specifically on supporting HR professionals in terms of their resumes? Mm-hmm. Why is that? And then also in terms of making career shifts. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's really good. So I'm a person who um, I'm really intuitive and I go based on what I feel. And as an HR professional, a large part of my work was around employee relations. 
And so as I'm sure you know, and others who've done that type of work, mm-hmm. it can be very rewarding, but also emotionally draining work at the same time. Oh, yes. And so there were times where I would feel a sense of conflict when working with business leaders. Um, I had to support decisions I didn't necessarily agree with. And I started to feel a bit of cognitive dissonance around the work that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I would feel that like in the pit of my stomach, I would go home at the end of the day and I would reflect like, you know, I love working in HR, at least a lot of aspects of it, but I'm having this feeling of discontentment. And I was really wanting to know what is this and how do I fix it? Mm -hmm. And so I started to reflect about the parts of HR that I really enjoyed. And I, what I enjoyed was working individually with employees. Sometimes I would have employees come in my office with one challenge or another, and it would turn into more of a career conversation. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes some of the frustrations they might be having with their manager um, was really what I discovered was related to a lack of fulfillment for mm-hmm. them. Like they mm-hmm. were maybe projecting some of their unfulfilled dreams and desires in the work and in their manager. And so we would wind up talking about, well, what else, what, if you could have your ideal job, what would that be? Mm-hmm. So I realized that what I really enjoy is helping people yes. reach their full potential. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't start my business specifically focusing on HR professionals. Right. I started pretty general, mm-hmm. but then when I would get a client who worked in HR I would light up in a different way. If I see an HR resume, it's like, I'm like, oh, this, this is, this is my, you know, this is my sweet spot. I know this, like I know people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know the back of my hand. Now there were some, there was some hesitation because I actually shared uh, my idea to to specialize in HR professionals with someone. And they were like, well, I'm not sure that would work. HR professionals don't need someone to help them with their resume. They, they read resumes, they interview people. They don't need help interviewing. And while I was hesitant, I kind of challenged that idea. I was like, I don't know if that's true. So I tested it and just started creating content that, you know, was geared towards HR professionals, mm-hmm. got a few clients and saw that, you know, it really was a viable option and people did need the support. And so mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing ever since. And I also realized that I don't know why this is, but as HR professionals, we tend to have a hard time communicating the value of what we do. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where I see that I come in and I've had clients say to me, you help people see what they don't see. Yeah. Um, They're like, oh, I just, I I just hired 50 people. Oh, you just hired 50 people. That's all you did. You know, let, let's put that in, in context. Yes. Yes. And the impact that you made to the Mm -hmm. organization, even from a revenue standpoint, by being able to, you know, fully staff to whatever that magic number is. So I really help people identify, you know, the transactional work that they do and help them to understand themselves and communicate really how transformational it is. Exactly. I know that I can always send my clients to you when it comes to reviewing your reviewing resumes and looking at careers. And I kind of focus on the stuff that you talked about before, which is that deeper stuff. Like Mm -hmm. when we carry that, that guilt, that shame, 
from dealing with things that we know don't sit well with us, but we do them anyway. Um, the things that kind of move you from the person you know you are to the um, person you, you're becoming that you're not quite in love with anymore. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when you're feeling that you've lost that mojo and how do you regain that? And what are the things that you can put in place to help regain that life? That's, that's kind of, that's, that's my joy. And that's why I niche down on, on HR professionals, because a lot of times, you, you know, just like you, you hear, oh, well, we don't need that. We, we do that for people all day long. Mm-hmm. We really? Yeah. You do? No, no. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and how do you process that? How do you mm-hmm. process those bad terminations or that really horrible recruitment exercise? How do you feel after you've heard employees say things to you in an exit interview um, that impact you as an HR professional and reflect on you as a professional and on your team? Um, You know, get into the nitty gritty of those things. Being new in leadership. I finally got my seat at the table. That doesn't mean you know what to do with it. That's true. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you know what to do with it at all. Mm -hmm. How do you articulate that? You know, and that's why why I love what I do now. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it really is a sweet spot. But I can see that I can see the same glow in you that I feel in myself. You know, (laughs) doing what I do. So I I really wish you all the best and every every success as you continue to develop and grow your business as an HR consultant. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. You are so welcome. Anytime. And I wish the same for you. You know, I, I wish I had known you when I was like in the thick of it when, cause I, everyone said there was, there was no one to talk to that I knew of, mm-hmm. you know, when I was going through, you know, some of the challenging times you, you know, I went home at the end of the day and, you know, reflected on it, thought about it, but no one in my circle understood would understand, or at least yeah. I thought they wouldn't understand so I didn't talk about it. And I often just, um, it's, and, and I want to be clear that, because I think I have to be careful. HR is so broad and wide and there are certain aspects of HR where you, you may not necessarily touch on some of the heavy work that I've, I've touched on and, and you and probably some yeah. of your clients as well. So I want to be clear that it's not, HR is not this fatalist department <laughs> to be in. Yeah. Um, but depending on the type of work you do, you, you may encounter some some pretty, um, you know, heavy situations that you have to work through. And so I just labeled it as, you know, par for the course. This comes with the territory. Um, I compartmentalized, you know, my own personal feeling because it was like, it's not about me. I have a job to do sort of mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. most definitely, I think what the work that you do gives people permission to acknowledge mm-hmm. um, what they're feeling. And then, you know, figure out how to address those feelings. Exactly. Just sit in those feelings because a lot of times we don't do that. We don't sit in the feelings and, and then process them and figure out like, wow, that was really hard. I think a lot of times we do stuff and we go like, oh, so today we lost an employee on the job and I had to tell their family. I had mm-hmm. to go through the paperwork. Yeah, it's my job. It's what I do. How to tell the staff. Is what it is. Yeah. But deep down in your core as a human being, that has touched you somewhere that you just have not sat and dealt with it. You haven't processed mm-hmm. it. 
No way. Yes. Um, and I don't know the technical term for it, but I've heard people say like your body acts mm-hmm. as like a recorder of some, mm-hmm. of, in a sense, like it records the experience, mm-hmm. like biologically at a cellular level or something yes. to that effect. So yeah. that even though you feel like you've processed it, you've dealt with it, you've moved on, your body remembers yes. the experience that, that you've had. Exactly. And it stores it. So it records it and stores it. And at mm-hmm. some point in time, when you have reached a particular point in your psychological tether that is just too much and you snap and you don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why this has happened to me. Everything was going fine. Was it really? Yeah. Was it really? Right. Let's talk about these particular instances. <laughs> when you start to sit in that and yes. that, the awkwardness mm-hmm. that comes with it, it, it has its, the first time I introduce my clients to mindfulness, mm. I get several messages, calls, messages, and they go, wow, like I didn't, I'm feeling some stuff that's starting to annoy me. Mm. What are you doing to me? I'm not doing anything to you. <laughs> I'm doing it to yourself. <laughs> what did you do to yourself for years? without looking at and dealing with it that you're not your body is now because you're becoming mindful and yeah. you're sitting in these moments now that your body is saying you've got to deal with this because all of yeah. this buildup um is what causes also a lot of our illnesses oh that is so true sometimes that we're sick so and we don't know why but it's because mm-hmm. there's stuff that's happened in our lives that we haven't dealt with and our body has taken it on Mm, that's powerful we don't process that that's a problem later down the road when you hit close to retirement you think you should be enjoying yourself and you're spending all your time and money at the doctor Mm -hmm. for something you didn't deal with because you felt you were the pro extraordinaire Mm -hmm. you were doing it all not you know dealing with those things more than food that is true. And you know what, you made me think of something else that I think is important to note. And I think this is where the work that we do has quite a bit of synergy because we're kind of like on both sides of kind of the HR person's well-being because what I've learned in doing career-oriented work is there's not a huge separation between career and personal no. life. No. Um, a lot of things that we, we deal with career-wise affects us personally and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Absolutely. And so something that I've seen as I've evaluated the client experiences that I've had and a theme that continues to resurface mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the lack of professional development mm-hmm. um, or lack of investment in professional development. I'll say it that way yeah. for right. HR professionals and, and to be specific, Many of us have the certifications, we get our research credits and that serves its purpose. Mm -hmm. But I've had conversations with HR leaders who've had 15, 20 years of experience and they have not been really developed by their leadership. No. They're not ready for the future of HR. Mm -hmm. They're behind the eight ball, so to speak, in terms of that development level. Mm -hmm. So I actually 
you know, I don't want to say I put responsibility on, but I challenge HR leaders who sit in that CPO, CHRO seat, um, or, you know, director level, anybody who's got a team of HR professionals, Mm -hmm. I really challenge them to invest greater in developing their HR team, because that also, when you get to, like you mentioned, getting ready for retirement and, you know, um, growing in in your career, Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of clients who don't have, who lack confidence, who have started to doubt themselves because they've done this work for 15, 20 years, yet Mm -hmm. they don't feel like they've been given the opportunities or they don't feel like they're growing. Mm -hmm. And so that manifests itself into, um, you know, feelings of inadequacy inadequacy and and low self-worth, which then kind of may have them contacting you Mm -hmm. um, because they're feeling unsure about themselves and their role and is HR even for me anymore. Um, So I think there's so much work to be done around developing the HR leader. Definitely. I agree with you completely on that. And I think that um, what we're going to see now, especially as people, we we figured out what's going to happen when people return to work and HR has had a time to sit down and process that and the adrenaline rush continues to wear down and they realize how run down they are and Mm -hmm. how, you know, how much they need to get some support and get some help. I think um, we're going to be, we're going to be very busy. I think you're right. <laughs> we're going to be very busy. It's not like we're not busy already, but we're going to be even busier than mm-hmm. we are right now. I see that. I see that happening in the next coming months into yeah. 2022. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening as people start to think more about, especially as HR starts to think more about these um, their personal development and professional development mm-hmm. and right now you know you just hear well coaching is for leaders like coaching is for our CEOs CFOs no coaching is for you too HR coaching mm-hmm. is for everyone huh? at the yeah, end of yeah. the day and I think that we need to change the stigma where that is concerned mm-hmm. I don't think and I, I say this all the time and when I make this presentation like how did Serena Williams get as great as she is? Right. Do that on her own. You know, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant did not develop the Mamba mentality in a silo. He you know, did, he did not. He did not. Neither did Messi when he became the one of the greatest footballers to ever live. Mm-hmm. You know, these people had great coaches behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, Barack was nothing without Michelle. Huh? Yeah, yeah you know so I think when we think about these things why the the question then comes like why does HR feel like they have to go it alone I mean even coaches have coaches mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's always there's someone that taught them that inspired them that pushed them that got them to where they are and so that they could help the people that they help that a lot of people look up to today. Yeah. Those people will always say they never did it alone. Mm-hmm. Never did it in a silo. And so it always confused, I should say, when I hear HR professionals go, oh no, don't need no help. Don't need yeah. no help. Cut this. 
Okay. Hi. Yeah. Let us, I, I let think us know when you human. don't want this. I know. I think that's part of it. And then there's also been a lack of awareness about the availability and accessibility of yes. coaching. So as you mentioned, you hear it often in conversations around executive leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do think, um, you know, with the pandemic and just social media growing in the way that it has now coaching, whether career coaching or personal coaching or life coaching is becoming um, just more part of our vocabulary. Yes. Whereas it wasn't before. So yeah. with the work that you're doing and others that I see out there, there's more of a, an awareness that it's mm-hmm. an option. I know clients that I've worked with before they came to work with me, they're like, I don't even know coaching was a thing or if it was something, you know, I didn't think that it applied to me. Yeah. Um, but also within the last year, and I think the pandemic has really helped with this, people are being more vulnerable Yes. and saying what they are struggling with. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there was a time that that would be considered a sign of weakness yes. to say where, whatever it might be mm-hmm. for someone to say, I'm just not good at writing a resume, or I don't know what to say, yeah. or I'm not confident in interviews. Like mm-hmm. for some people, and depending on your culture, your upbringing, your experiences, it may not be considered okay for you to communicate those things. But I feel like we're seeing a shift exactly. and that people are being more comfortable sharing mm-hmm. areas of opportunity and even yes. reaching out and asking for help. And I think that will continue to, to grow as time goes on. I hope that it does. I honestly do. But I, I agree with you that I've seen that shift as well. And I hope that it only continues on that way, on that spiral, upward spiral instead of downward spiral. Um, But we could see people really start to take their personal development and self-care into their own hands and get Mm -hmm. the help that they need. So let me ask you this, Rick, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you want to share with our audience that you think that they would love to learn about? Wow, what am I reading? So here's the thing. I I see a lot of books. So I actually have quite the addiction to books in general. Okay. Um, And I tend to read more than one book at a time. Uh Um, So right now, Betting on You by Lori Lori um, Rudiman um, is one of the books that I'm reading through. And I'm looking because I have I have so many. I'm like, which which ones am I looking at right now? Um, Mm -hmm. um, Own Your Career on your life uh-huh. redefining hr i just finished yeah um so <laughs> i'm always reading remember that lifelong learner in me and i'm imp- too impatient to read one book and then yeah. start another i just start flipping through them uh-huh. whatever i feel like learning about in that yes. moment is what i do awesome. and, and then what i'm watching i don't watch a lot of um television per se um i did just get into the show called the shy have you ever heard of it i have not wow and i'm catching up it's three seasons in i spend a lot of time with my young adult sons uh-huh. and we when we do have our tv time a couple times mm-hmm. a week um and that is a show that we watch together so i'm kind of binge watching that right okay. now um but yeah i don't watch a whole lot of a lot, a lot of tv mm-hmm Okay, cool. And I know in terms of listening, you have your own podcast. 
I do. Yes. And gosh, so I, be, before I even started my podcast, I loved listening to podcasts. So mm-hmm. one of some of the favorite ones that I listened to are um, Side Hustle Pro. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you've heard of that one. That mm-hmm. one's a good one. Um, Switch Pivot or Quit is one that I listen to, although I think it's on hiatus right now. Dreams oh. and Drive is another one. Mm-hmm. I listen to anything that I feel is going to be inspirational, motivational. Um, I, I tune in to your your podcast when I can mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. I, I'm a huge fan of um Diana Y.K. Chan, who's on LinkedIn, Kamara mm-hmm. Topolo. So I'm always consuming content from a variety of sources and yes. people that, that I love to follow and connect with. Awesome. I'm glad to know that I'm one of those people you love. To- yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much. Let me ask you the big question. What's the big question? <laughs> the big question is, what is the one biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? That one thing that people say about HR that you know is wrong, rubs you the wrong way. What is it? Oh, gosh, that is a big question. <laughs> That's why I leave it for last. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, and this is the first thing that comes to mind, is that HR is all about the people. And I think that there's just a reality that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, many companies put people first or they prioritize the employee experience. But at the end of the day, even the most people-oriented organization is they exist to turn a profit. And so there are many decisions that are made related to people, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's a business decision. Yeah. And so part that's part of the reason why I started the podcast, So You Want to Work in HR, is to um, demystify some of those ideas and thoughts about HR and people who say they want to work in HR um, when, when I hear, I often ask them why, and the number one question answer I get is because they want to help people. <laughs> and I think that's admirable. I wanted to do it too. And then I realized, wow, there's more to this than helping people. I mean, even the person who may be working in benefits or total rewards and their primary function is to help build out compensation and benefit plans that are going to be competitive and help employees at the end of the day, they've got to make sure that also fits with the organizational, you know, revenue objectives and bottom line objectives. So it is about having a balance. And sometimes when I've told people, you know, there's this business component, they're like, oh, I got, let me, let me really think about, do I really want to be in HR? Sometimes you want to help people. I'll share this really quickly. I had a, I was working with a business leader in a warehouse environment and we had done our employee engagement survey. And one of the areas of opportunity, according to the employees were, we don't have enough opportunities for growth and development. Right. And I made a recommendation that we start kind of a leadership development program for our warehouse employees. Let's teach them some of the basic things that sometimes warehouse employees don't even know. How to, how to dress for an interview, how to prepare for an interview, how to communicate in an interview. What does it take to be in leadership? And when I made the proposal to the operations leader, his response was, well, that's not really our responsibility mm-hmm. to develop 
them. If, if they want to go to the next level, then that's their thing. They need to own it. And so I was disheartened by that because I feel like as an, an, an employer, mm-hmm. you do have some responsibility to help your people develop. Yeah. So that was one of those moments where I had the aha moment that it's not always about the people as much as you may want it to be. And as an HR professional, we often have all these wonderful ideas of how we can make the workplace better. But if the business leaders don't share the vision and, and you can't, you're not able to influence them for one reason or another, then you're going to probably feel disheartened because you're not able to do what you've got in HR to do, mm-hmm. which is help people. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I um, often, you know, hear people talk about HR being all about the people, um, but the perspective and the spin that you put on it today is probably one of the first for me in terms of actually hearing that. Um, and I got to agree. As much as we want to be about the people, you know, in terms of what the business wants. And if you can't, as you said, if you if you are struggling to influence in that way, um, you will have challenges in trying to be people first. Mm-hmm. Um, but because people are, because organizations describe themselves as people first, doesn't mean that they don't, they're not focusing on what the output of the business, right? But you're mm-hmm. putting people over process too. Um, yes. So that you're giving your people their say, but everyone isn't like that. Mm-hmm. Giving people their say, giving people the opportunity to talk about being invested in the business and what that means mm-hmm. for them, and then working together to create to be successful. Because if your employees are successful, then your customers are happy, your ROI increases. Um, but they don't see that. And not every business sees that. Not mm-hmm. every business sees that which is unfortunate. Ricklin, you have survived your time in the sound booth today. (laughs) It was enjoyable. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to do it. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and, um, you know, being part of your show. Thank you for, for having me. You are more than welcome. Could you please tell the beautiful people listening to this show where they can find you on social media? You can find me for sure on LinkedIn. That's where I spend the majority of my time. You can just look, look me up there, Ricklin Woods. You can also visit my website, ricklinwoods.com. Um, and sometimes you might catch me on Clubhouse. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Ricklin. Really appreciate your time today. And I look forward to more opportunities to have conversations with you. Awesome. And congratulations again on your LinkedIn live. I look forward to, to checking out your finally, show. Finally, finally, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Thanks. Thank you so much, Julie. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I A M Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next Sound Off.